Welcome to Reality Crafting with Susanna Kennedy, known as the graceful transformation expert and author of Sacred Union, Pathway to Paradise. Susanna and her guests will share the art and science of releasing patterns of stress, struggle and pain so you can embody your true divine self, manifest your personal paradise and fulfill your soul purpose. Aloha and welcome to Reality Crafting with Susanna. This is your host, Susanna Kennedy of SusannaKennedy.com. And I am coming to you from my little slice of paradise on the Hawaiian island of Kauai, known as the Garden Isle. So if you happen to hear roosters in the background or the palm trees, swinging, uh, you're not hearing things. That is the environment that I live in happily and gratefully. So today I would like to talk to you about the fear of abandonment and how everybody has that. It can show up in a multitude of different ways. It has different disguises. And once we identify its disguises, I'd like to talk to you about what it's like to be free of the fear of abandonment and how that can really open up your life, improve your relationships and your prosperity and the amount of grace in your life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get started. So, the fear of abandonment. Like I said, all humans pretty much have this fear of abandonment because we are beings of vast love and light. We are multidimensional beings. And when we decide to come and incarnate into these virtual reality game suits, these organic (laughs) virtual reality game suits that we call our bodies, We come into a third dimensional reality and the vastness of our being, the incredible love that we are, the incredible wisdom and knowledge that we've accumulated throughout so many incarnations and creational experiences and coming into a third dimensional physical body Uh, we forget, we agree ahead of time to come in and forget who we are and where we came from. And why do we do this? Well, if we go with that metaphor of we're in a holographic virtual reality game, (laughs) coming into a game suit, to forget where we came from allows us to play the game in a more authentic way. So that could be it. It, There's lots of different reasons why we forget. And, you know, I know that there are some people that don't forget. And so they may not have this feeling of abandonment. But I recently went back to remember coming in to have that memory, because we all have all the memories, everything that's ever happened to us in this physical incarnation. And even when we were gestating in our mother's womb, we have memories. We recorded what we were 
hearing and feeling and experiencing and what our mother was experiencing anyway, I went back to re-experience that memory of waking up in as a spiritual being in the physical body. What I felt first was very limited, kind of squeezed into <laughs> something that was way too small for what I am and who I am and feeling very disempowered compared to what I felt before. So recently I went on a little journey down memory lane to remember waking up as a spiritual being, the first kind of experience of being in a physical body. You know, this was when I was still gestating in my mother's womb. And we do, our spirit kind of comes in and out during that period of time. All of that is recorded. You can go and have that memory too. It's all recorded in your subconscious. So I went back to re-experience that or remember it. And I remember feeling very limited compared to what I had just, the freedom that I had been experiencing outside of the physical human body and feeling very disempowered, again, compared to the empowerment and the power and the creative power and freedom I had outside of the physical body. And then there was kind of a dark curtain that came over me. I think they call that the veil of forgetfulness. <laughs> you feel that. The forgetfulness comes in. You forget who you are and what you are and where you came from, but not totally. That's the thing. It's like you don't forget totally. You forget or you remember the feeling of connection, you remember the feeling of freedom, you remember your wisdom and all the knowledge and all the power at a certain level, you know, you it's visceral, you remember it, but now it's gone. And you don't remember anymore who you were connected to, you don't remember. And that connection to your higher self, to your soul, to source, we feel disconnected from that. And that first, you know, there's this awakening to the third dimensional body. And it's very different from the awakening that we have when we come and emerge out of source as an ind individualized aspect of source. So two different kinds of awakenings. One is incredible. And one is kind of a rude awakening because <laughs> you awaken into the limitation. So unless you are one of those beings who doesn't have that veil of forgetfulness come over you, you're going to feel this feeling of abandonment. And it's abandonment, again, from the feeling of connection to your own higher self, your soul, source and all that is. And so that's what we're feeling abandoned by 
but everybody brings that feeling. It's just a feeling. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a feeling, it's an energetic, it's an energy that we all bring into this life. And that energy then, that feeling of abandonment creates some kind of corollary experience in our physical life, in our physical world. We create an abandonment scenario in our childhood. So that then uh, validates and further entrains this fear of abandonment because we, we feel with that fear of abandonment, then we have the fear of survival. And, you know, we're coming into these little baby bodies and we depend on our parents for our survival. And so that feeling of abandonment is always there. We feel or we fear we're going to have that abandonment again, and then we relate it to our survival. And those two get linked up, the fear of abandonment and the fear of survival. We depend on our parents we usually create some kind of or you know that energy not that we consciously create it but that energy causes some kind of event or drama to have us experience it in a more physical way now also remember that at these early stages in our life in our development in our brain development we're not the conscious mind isn't really online yet. It's the subconscious or the, our, we're in that theta brainwave state, which is like hypnosis. And when, when we're in that state, we are, oh, there's lots of characteristics of that state. So we're in uh, openness, we're receiving, we're downloading everything that's going on around us. That's also the part of our brain that is really good at pattern recognition. So it's looking for things that repeat over and over. And then those patterns, you know, we look at them and say, well, it repeats over and over. This must be significant to who I am because we're also building our database of who am I? Who am I in relation to these beings that are my family? And who am I in relationship to the world? And creating that self-identity. But also in this state, this hypnotic theta brainwave state, we don't have a sense of time. So everything feels like now, and whatever we're feeling emotionally feels like it's going to be forever. So even little moments where as a child, as a baby, we sense abandonment, it feels like it's going to go on forever. And so that then validates the fear and it makes a bigger groove in our brain. They talk about 
neuroplasticity and creating these neuron pathways. And so when we have these experiences that repeat, it creates a pathway. And the more we travel down that pathway, you know, the wider, the stronger it gets. So we have this fear of abandonment. It's related to the fear of survival. And we all have it, but it can manifest in different ways. So I've identified three, and there may be more, three symptoms <laughs> of the fear of abandonment because it does disguise itself sometimes. <laughs> so here are the symptoms. So the first one is saying yes when you want to say no. So this is the fear of rejection, which is another aspect of the fear of abandonment. Rejection, fear of disapproval, fear of being judged. And because of that, we feel like we in order to earn or be worthy of the relationships with our parents or to be worthy of staying alive because of that fear of survival, we often do whatever we can to make other people happy or to get their approval or to make sure they don't reject us or behave in a way so they won't judge us. And that leads us to often say yes when we really want to say no. So we have a, a lack of healthy boundaries. We create these patterns when we're very young. We're infants, we're toddlers, we're very young, under the age of seven when we're still so dependent on our parents, on our family for survival. And, you know, our parents are doing the best they can. So they are believing that it's their job to keep us safe, to socialize us so that we get along in the family and that we get along later in the community. They're teaching us all kinds of rules. We're absorbing by our observation the unspoken rules and regulations and things that make our parents happy or at least don't make them mad. <laughs> Looking for those patterns and we're developing defense mechanisms to keep ourselves safe within that environment because that fear of abandonment equals the fear of survival. And so we literally feel, get the sense of if we don't do what our parents or our family wants us to do, we're going to die. You know, that's what it feels like in those early years. It's not really rational, but that's what it feels like. And that's what we believe. So as our parents are starting to socialize us, they see themselves as the authority. And of course, we do too. So they don't necessarily pay attention to our expressions. So our thoughts, our feelings, our body's signals 
of comfort and discomfort. And these are just some little examples that seem very benign, <laughs> but when you compound them over time and repetition, so something just like, you know, the mother is cold, so she puts a sweater on the child who says, I'm not cold, I don't need the sweater. Yes, you do. Or, you know, the child says, I'm not hungry. Yes, you must be, you haven't eaten in hours. Or, no, I'm not hungry. Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> no, you can't be, you just ate. So things like that, that their beliefs, their thoughts, their feelings, overshadow ours and so and they're the authority we believe them <laughs> so we start to negate our own thoughts and our own feelings and our body signals we get disconnected from our own truth and so we don't know and we're not taught how to create healthy boundaries so what are healthy boundaries? Once you get into the older years, when your conscious mind does come online at age seven and beyond, we are able to communicate or we should be able to communicate and discern for ourselves what feels right for us. But remember the preceding seven years we got a whole bunch of programs about giving our power away to our parents or our, our family. We weren't taught how to create these healthy boundaries, which is, you know, this is my truth. This is what I think. This is what I feel. This is my space. <laughs> this is my space, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but the healthy boundary is feeling the boundaries of your space and defending them, articulating what they are, and being able to defend them if somebody violates your boundaries. Okay, and anger is triggered when our boundaries are violated. So we have all kinds of boundaries. We have physical boundaries. That could be anything from what is appropriate touch and what is appropriate touch given the environment you're in or given the people that you're with. <laughs> okay, so that can change. You know, as an adult, your intimate lover, the touch from your lover is welcome and the same touch from somebody who isn't your lover would be breaking a boundary. So we have physical boundaries around touch, around how close we want somebody in our physical space. And then we have physical boundaries that are uh, related to outside things. You know, this is mine. So this is my house. This is my property. This is my car. This is my toy. <laughs> this is my something. So those are also physical boundaries. Then there's emotional boundaries. 
So how much of my emotion will I let myself feel? How much of my emotion will I let myself express? How much of other people's emotion am I comfortable in receiving and having them express in my space? So there's emotional boundaries. And then there's mental boundaries, which would be our beliefs, our ideas. And you can see a lot of uh, mental boundaries, ideological boundaries being debated and argued and fought about, especially going on these days. So we have all of these boundaries that have the potential to be violated. And so if a boundary is violated and you haven't ever articulated that boundary because you were afraid of rejection or disapproval or abandonment and now you start to articulate a boundary or feel angry because it's been violated and you've never told that person, you've never articulated to them where your boundary is. Now, if you let go of that fear of abandonment, you can articulate that boundary in a respectful, compassionate way. And so from that point on, that person knows where your boundary is and maybe didn't know it before, but now does. And at that point, you would maybe even need to retrain somebody if you're in relationship with them to articulate and defend that boundary. Okay, so another symptom of saying yes when you want to say no is underestimating your value. So a lot of times we get the feeling, we create that belief that somebody else or everybody else is more valuable or more worthy of time, attention, love than we are. And we create this belief about ourselves, this self-limiting belief, underestimating the value of who we are in those first seven years and it becomes kind of our pattern and so we're always trying to make other people happy because maybe that's the only way that we can feel a sense of self-value is if we've made somebody else happy so we may say yes when we really want to say no now the thing about this is when we do that when we say yes, when we really want to say no, when it really is a violation of our boundaries, for example, somebody is asking you for a favor, maybe this somebody asks you for lots of favors, maybe deep down you feel like you're being taken advantage of, or you offer your help without being asked and it doesn't seem to be appreciated. These kind of patterns that we have within ourselves related to other people can get us 
where we're feeling mm, like the boundaries are violated or feeling resentful. So when you say yes, and you really want to say no, because it's not really your responsibility, or because you really don't have the time, or you don't have the energy, you have this feeling of resentment. Now that resentment that you feel, you may not express overtly, but I can guarantee you that that resentment is felt, at least at the subconscious level, of the other person. And a lot of times that feeling that subconscious resentment makes for that person not really appreciating what you do. Okay, because they feel this at the subconscious level, maybe they don't really know what it is, but they don't feel the full, you know, that you're giving something out of love and joy. So it's not like a gift fully received. And then there, it may feel like it's attached to some kind of unspoken agreement on the other side. Like, I'm going to do this for you. I've heard this a lot in, with my clients. I help them all the time, and I think that, you know, because I help them out and, um, you know, I do these favors or I offer to help, I'm very supportive that when I need something, they'll be there for me. And then they usually find out that when they need something, they're not there. <laughs> these people that they've given so much to are not there for them. And that really triggers a lot of anger and hurt and resentment. But then it can come back, if you underestimate your own value, it can come back to blaming yourself. So those are all symptoms of the fear of abandonment. So symptom number two is loneliness this can manifest in a different way. So you're afraid to be abandoned. And so you create boundaries, so many boundaries around yourself, so that you won't be hurt, so you won't be left, so you won't be lost. You don't want to feel the abandonment, so you block yourself off on purpose because you don't want to let the love in only to feel the pain of loss. Um, you might be lonely because you have trust issues. You've found that people are not trustworthy. You've had experiences and beliefs and patterns of attracting people who maybe are deceptive. They lie, or they manipulate, or they betray you. So you can't trust people, so you don't let them in. And then you end up feeling lonely. Also, unworthiness can lead you to feel loneliness. So you don't feel that your presence, that your self, your personality, or your characteristics are worthy that you know who would want to be with me you know and this comes from not loving yourself obviously if you have a negative self-image you're going to project that outward and you're not going to want to 
believe that anyone would want to be with you. And so again, you fear that rejection, so you don't put yourself out there. You know, you're not open to relationships or anything going very deeply because you don't feel like you're worthy of love or attention. And you may have experienced loss in the past and losing a loved one and not wanting to feel that loss again. So you close down your heart. You don't let people in. You create an energetic wall around you to defend yourself from feeling loved and then feeling abandoned and hurt again. So creating that wall around you, which will create loneliness. And, you know, these energetic walls, whether they are energetic walls of anger or energetic walls of resentment and bitterness or energetic walls of guilt or unworthiness, people can feel that. They feel it in your energy field and it is like a wall that they can't get through. It's a wall that they feel from the outside they can't penetrate, but also it's a wall that clouds your perception. It's like your eyes are looking out, but they don't see clearly the love or the potential for love and friendship and relationship because of this energetic cloud of negative emotions that you're using to defend your heart because you're afraid of rejection and abandonment. So the third symptom is the fear of commitment. You see this a lot with people. They don't want to make a commitment to a very deep re relationship or a very long-lasting relationship. So you see people leaving relationships early to avoid abandonment. And I remember having this feeling myself <laughs> at one point. I had just gone through my own emotional mental detox program, so I'd been working really hard to let go of all of the patterns and programs and limiting beliefs and all that heavy emotion. And I had done a good job, and I had attracted a new relationship. And I was starting to feel the other person's questioning about the relationship. <laughs> I remember feeling it. You know, I could feel that energy because that person also had a fear of commitment. So he had a fear of commitment. I was feeling his being triggered into that, and I could feel it energetically. But I had cleared my fear of abandonment, but I could still feel his, right? So I'm feeling it and very conscious of it, and very conscious of my old pattern, 
which would to be to, I'm going to leave him before he leaves me. <laughs> because it won't hurt so much if I'm the one doing the leaving. And that was what I was remembering from my old pattern. I didn't let it trigger me into an automatic reaction. I stopped and I felt it all. And then I made a conscious choice because at the moment, even though I felt his fear of commitment, he hadn't left me. He hadn't abandoned me. <laughs> so I chose to stay in the relationship and stay open because I thought, you know, if I jump back and go into my patterned response reaction here, all that I've just worked for to get myself clear would be for not. And so I'm going to stay in the moment. We're still in relationship. He hasn't left me. He hasn't abandoned me. <laughs> so I'm going to just ride this out. And if he chooses to leave the relationship at some other point, you know, I'll deal with it then. But until then, I'm going to enjoy this relationship because it was a wonderful relationship. Okay, which reminds me that a lot of times, I think this was, wasn't this in the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? Anyway, it was one of those books <laughs> that talked about for women, their greatest fear is to be left in the relationship, to be left. And for the men, their greatest fear is to lose their freedom. So women are afraid to lose the relationship. Men are afraid to lose their freedom. And so at those points, that dance goes on. And so the reason he was feeling his fear of commitment and his fear of abandonment was because it had been going so well. So that triggered the fear of losing his freedom if he went any deeper into relationship with me. And so that's what was up for him that I could feel energetically. I had educated myself about that dynamic. And so what I did was I kept open and I communicated to him in multiple different ways that he was free. He was free to stay. He was free to go. He was free, you know, if he stayed in the relationship to make the choices he wanted. I wasn't you know, making him make any kind of commitment. <laughs> so um, assured him that he was free. Turns out that he came around and, you know, we've been together for <laughs> 18 years now. So that fear of commitment is the fear of losing the freedom, but it's also even deeper than that. It's the fear of really going deep and committing your heart. You know, it's not even committing to the type of relationship or the form of relationship or the longevity of the relationship. It's committing to opening your heart fully. And fear of committing to open your heart fully <laughs> because once you do, the pain if that relationship were to end and the pain of the abandonment of that love 
once you've opened to it. So this fear of commitment can also manifest itself in if you see a pattern of attracting people who don't want to commit or don't want to commit fully. So, you know, we say that we're attracting the wrong ones. So we get involved with people who have that fear of abandonment in the disguise of the fear of commitment and we keep attracting them. So they'll only go so far with us. And if they start to feel that sense of, you know, the woman, and this can be the feminine part of a man as well, but that feminine part gets afraid of losing the relationships and starts to get clingy and starts to get demanding, (laughs) then that triggers the fear of losing the freedom. And that's, you know, our own fear of abandonment or the end of the relationship is what causes the abandonment to occur because it triggers (laughs) that fear of commitment and then they do leave. Whereas if we stay open and in the moment and enjoy what is there without being overly concerned about how long is this going to last? What does this mean? What should I call this relationship? We stay in a moment and enjoy it, then that fear of commitment and the other doesn't get triggered. And um, we can invite them to open up with us deeper. And so another symptom of the fear of abandonment is jealousy. So we're always jealous of time or attention that isn't directed to us. It's directed at somebody else. And uh, that goes to our fear of abandonment. And when we express that jealousy, again, it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if I'm expressing jealousy, especially when the interaction that my partner is having with somebody else is, is benign, that could trigger their own fear of losing their freedom. And then they do leave the relationship because they don't want to be in this jealous situation. Now, having, say you're in a relationship with somebody who is jealous. So the jealousy is the way that that person's fear of abandonment expresses itself. But like attracts like. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who's jealous, look to yourself to see how is your fear of abandonment showing up because you're both having the fear of abandonment. It's just expressing in different ways. And if you are jealous, the jealous type, look to your partner to see how your partner's fear of abandonment is showing up. So those are the three symptoms, saying yes when you want to say no, loneliness, fear of commitment that tells you that you have this fear of abandonment. 
So we're going to take a commercial break right now, just for a minute. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what it feels like when you clear this fear of abandonment. What are the benefits? What are the results? How does your life improve? So stay tuned for the big takeaways for every awakening human (laughs) when you release, transcend the fear of abandonment. Be right back. What if you could deprogram your subconscious mind almost as easily as upgrading your smartphone? Good news, you can with Susanna Kennedy's Emotional Mental Detox Program. This digital course includes six guided meditations that will eliminate your limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging patterns. Delete those hot buttons that trigger unhealthy automatic reactions. Release heavy emotional baggage like anger, guilt, anxiety, depression, unworthiness, and fear of rejection. Step into nourishing unconditional self-love, respect, and confidence, and enjoy the clarity and courage to create healthy boundaries and express yourself authentically. Each meditation releases and heals one of the six core issues that all humans have in common. Let go of the obsolete programming from your childhood, heal your broken heart, and allow your unique love light to shine through. For more information, go to SusannaKennedy.com forward slash EMDetox. That's SusannaKennedy.com forward slash EMDETOX and start your emotional mental detox today. Okay, welcome back to Reality Crafting with Susanna. This is your host, Susanna Kennedy of SusannaKennedy.com. And we just went over all the symptoms of and disguises of the fear of abandonment. So now we're going to talk about, number one, how can you release the fear of abandonment? And what does it feel? What are the results? What are the benefits in your life when you do that? So how can we release it? Well, The fear of abandonment is in your subconscious. Your subconscious is like a computer program. So that computer program has files and programs. And these programs get triggered when certain energetics trigger them from the past. And because it's a computer program that is... It's energetic because we ourselves are all energy. We're vibrating energy. So quantum physics has validated that. We're not really solid. (laughs) So just like the computer programs in our computer, a strong magnet can erase the files. So that's what we use to erase those files is a strong energetic 
that can erase them. So what do we use? Well, I personally, in the work that I do, use the frequency of infinite love. Infinite love is the raw creative energy of the universe. It's the highest frequency. It's zero point energy. So when you have two different frequencies in the same space, they will harmonize or entrain with each other. And so if you have a lower frequency, so every pattern, every belief, every program, every emotion has its own individual energy signature, its own frequency that it vibrates at. So when we take the lower frequency or a slower vibrating frequency, which is the fear of abandonment, that fear vibrates at a slower speed than infinite love, which is the highest speed. So when we introduce infinite love into that field of the fear of abandonment, the fear of abandonment frequency has to speed up in order to harmonize with it, in order to harmonize with it. Okay, now you experience this kind of energy harmonization and especially emotional energy harmonization all the time. So say, for example, you are in a good mood and you go out and you run across a friend who tells you a sad, tragic story, some victim story that they are telling you, and it brings you down. So you're not... (laughs) You've been brought down emotionally, but they have been brought up emotionally because you've given them your attention, and attention is energy. You've given your sympathy or your pity or your good wishes or maybe some other kind of help, so they're brought up. So you're brought down, they're brought up. You meet in the middle. That's energy harmonization. It happens all the time. When you want to clear something like the fear of abandonment, which is a slow frequency, it's at the core. It's one of our deepest fears, or it is our deepest fear. You need to introduce that infinite love frequency and you need to hold it steady long enough so that the fear of abandonment speeds up until it meets it. And when it meets it, Remember, infinite love, I said it's zero-point energy. It's the raw creative energy of the universe. It's formless. So that means that the fear of abandonment loses its form. It loses its frequency. It's not that anymore. It's been transmuted into infinite love. And so you can do that with the fear of abandonment and also all of the patterns and all of the programs and all of the defense mechanisms that that fear of abandonment has created throughout your life. And all of those memories, because you're right here in this moment, that's all the past. So they're all memories. And all of those memories carry with it besides the memory, the mental memory of what happened, but the emotional memory of what happened. The infinite love can transmute emotions of it too, which means that you've healed your pain. So that's what we do is we bring the infinite love into the fear of abandonment. And that's the way that I work with my clients. That is the foundation of my whole emotional mental detox program. And pretty much everything I do is using this infinite love to transmute 
the lower frequencies, the patterns, the programs, the beliefs, and the related emotional pain. Okay, so once we clear the fear of abandonment and everything, all the memories that it created throughout your life, you're now free of it. So what does that mean? How are you different? How does that change your life? Well, you clear away those feelings of unworthiness and, and no value and low self-esteem, so it upgrades your self-love. It ele elevates your self-respect and your self-confidence. Now you're not afraid of rejection. You're not afraid of abandonment. So you're able to first identify what are healthy boundaries. What are you responsible for and what are you not responsible for? And what will you accept when you love yourself and you respect yourself and you have compassion for yourself? You want to have that love and respect and compassion from others. So that's how you create your new healthy boundaries. And it's a, you're kind of relearning <laughs> uh, who you are in this new place of self-love and self-respect and self-confidence. So you're able to speak your truth authentically with respect and compassion. You're able to articulate those healthy boundaries. And once you articulate those healthy boundaries, once, maybe you need to remind somebody a couple of times, but then you're able to really defend those healthy boundaries and to retrain people. You're, and you're retraining the universe on how you wanted to be treated with love and compassion and respect and honoring. So as you respect and honor yourself by articulating and defending your boundaries, you retrain the universe. Then you attract people who mirror that love and that respect and that compassion back to you. So the relationships that you have in your life, they all upgrade. Well, they all have the potential to upgrade, let me put it that way. Most people you're in relationship with, if they really truly love you, they will actually be relieved when you speak your truth and they will respect that. Now, it might take an adjustment of some people. You know, if you've been somebody who's been a doormat <laughs> and now you're articulating your boundaries, it's going to take some adjustment. But if people really do love you, they will adjust and they will respect you for it. Now, there may be those who don't, who won't shift. And you'll just see that those people will fall away. And they usually fall away gracefully. And you get to that place where you understand that you're really better off without them. That's what happens. So you let them go gracefully. They kind of just disappear. <laughs> and you make space in your life for people who do respect you. Because that law of attraction is always in operation. So as you love, respect, and have compassion for yourself, you attract people who will mirror that back to you. So you create stronger, loving, more intimate relationships. I have a, an example or a few examples for you on that. Most of the time when people do the emotional mental detox program that I put out, because it, it includes uh, clearing the fear of abandonment, it includes a lot of other stuff too, but the fear of abandonment is in there. 
what happens after they do this is they are often with their family. So it's it's really becomes evident when you get with your original family of origin, because they're the ones that were there when you created all those triggers, right? They're the ones that know how to push your hot buttons. So they're the ones that you can really tell <laughs> whether this has taken effect or not. And I just had um, one of my clients write in and tell me how she was with her mother and her brother, and they were arguing between themselves for something that was you know, pretty inconsequential in the first place. And their pattern was to involve her and get her in the middle. And she was witnessing this argument between them. And when they tried to get her to take sides, this time she didn't. So she just pulled out, <laughs> didn't get emotionally engaged. Her triggers that she used to have that used to get her emotionally engaged did not get pushed because they were not there. <laughs> they were erased. And so she just kind of stepped back and said, you know, this is between you two. And, you know, I'm sure you can work it out. And she just left the room. So that's one example. Other examples of people being with their family of origin for a holiday and watching their siblings arguing or poking fun at each other, teasing each other, whatever. You know, again, your family of origin knows how to push their buttons. And sometimes they really like to do that for entertainment value. You know, you just watch them and kind of stand back in a detached way and don't get emotionally involved and just watch the dynamic go on without you. It's really interesting because they can't push your buttons if you don't have any. <laughs> and it's really fun when they try to push your buttons and it doesn't work and how confused they get and how they might even try a little harder, but you stand firm, you're standing confident and grounded and they can't push your buttons. And so they just, you know, lose interest because that's no fun. And so they go and bother somebody else. But, you, you know, you watch this in your family and you really come to that realization about how you were programmed with this subconsciously and how and you really feel that sense of freedom that you're not anymore and you can witness your family who are still running their programs and really realize that it is their programs and you don't take things personally anymore <laughs> and you have compassion for them it's not like you don't care it's like your heart really opens up in compassion because you understand that they're doing their programs and they can't really do anything else. When you're programmed, you have to do your programs. What else can you do? And so you have compassion for them and a great amount of gratitude that you don't have your programs running anymore. That is so wonderful. There's another example that kind of in the beginning didn't sound like a really good outcome, but it really was. So I had a person who was in my emotional mental detox teleclass she had just done the first detox, which worked with the fear of abandonment, but also with releasing anger. And she said that in the week between, because the teleclass was once a week for six weeks, and in that interim between the time she did the detox and when we got together again, she experienced each one of her children kind of coming to her in anger and just like telling her off all of these lists of things that they've been angry about all of their lives with her. 
<laughs> and she's like, I thought I cleared anger and all of that. Why are they coming to me so angry? And I said, okay, so what happened when each one of your children, at the time that they are telling you what they're angry about from the past, how did you react to that? She says, well, actually, I didn't react. I just listened. And I felt myself open my heart and I just listened and I didn't feel triggered like I usually would to defend myself. I just listened with an open heart. And when they were done, I just apologized and said, I'm sorry that you felt that way and I love you. I said, okay, so then after you said that, what happened? And she says, well, you know, we hugged and actually it's been better than before. So this is what happened is that she let go of her fear of abandonment. So when you are a parent and you clear your DNA, when you clear your subconscious, and this is all recorded in the DNA, your children are energetically connected to you through the DNA. There's a quantum connection, a quantum entanglement. So when you work on yourself, you help your children. And so she cleared her fear of abandonment and they cleared their fear of abandonment, which allowed them to have the courage to tell her their grievances that they never felt safe to tell her before. So now all of a sudden they felt safe enough to tell their mother what how they had been hurt in their growing up years. And they didn't fear that she was going to leave them or reject them. That's why they felt safe in telling her that. So she opened up the, <laughs> that sphere of compassion and gave them that safety. And then what did it lead to? Without that anger and resentment from the past, as a wall between her children and her, now a greater sense of intimacy. Now the relationship is stronger. Now the relationship is deeper. And you know what courage that mother had to stand there and open her a heart and compassion and give her children the safe space to vent and how she could have never done that before because of her own fear of abandonment and rejection. So, you know, what a beautiful story and validation of how quickly this works. This all happened in the week preceding <laughs> her first detox session. So those are some wonderful results, healthy boundaries. Now, the other thing, fear of abandonment, it's not just about relationships. This fear of abandonment can cause those feelings of unworthiness, as we said, that lack of value. And that really touches into our financial situation. So if we don't value ourselves, we don't allow abundance to come to us. If we don't value ourselves, we give too much or we don't allow ourselves to receive. When you clear that fear of abandonment and you get that self-love and you get that self-respect and compassion, it increases your sense of self-value and self-confidence. So now you open up and you allow opportunities to come to you 
that you wouldn't allow before, that these limiting beliefs would not allow in, would not see, would not, were, you were blinded to them. They couldn't even come into your space because of your self-limiting beliefs. And so now the self-limiting beliefs are gone and you expand, you expand your perception, you expand your comfort zone, you're more comfortable in receiving, you're more comfortable if you're in a business to value yourself appropriately (laughs) and not undervalue. So you might see yourself raising your prices to a place that's more appropriate, a more even balanced energy exchange. You might stop doing everything for free and you establish balanced energy exchanges. So you're not giving too much or blocking your ability to receive or blocking your ability to perceive that people do have value for you. And maybe they have had value for you all along. It was you that weren't seeing your value. And so you open up and that feeling of resentment that you're giving too much or not being appreciated. It was your own self-devaluation that didn't allow you to see what was true, your true value that other people have for you. So you know, your whole world opens up, your relationships improve, you attract more wonderful opportunities, you allow yourself to receive more, to expand more, to bring those resources necessary for you to live in this world in comfort and safety and beauty and joy. And you can then get on that road to creating your version of paradise on earth. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, You may also visit my Facebook page, Reality Crafting with Susanna. Subscribe to my podcast, visit my website, SusannaKennedy.com. Check out the Emotional Mental Detox Program. Come join me here in Kauai for a private retreat or check my website for how you can work with me one-on-one. So I am here to help you create your version of Paradise on Earth. Aloha.